This time on No Not the Mind Probe, episode 23, Dual Process. John, I'm going to intro this like perhaps the Jadoon would. Hmm. Witness, John Grant. Charge, podcasting about Doctor Who. Plea, guilty. Hmm. Sentence, execution. Hmm. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I read this wrong. Not execution. Electrocution. Hmm. Well, that's not much hmm. better. Hmm. Oh, no. Elocution. Ooh. So you're just sort of sentenced to a charm school. Not Ooh. too bad. Hmm. Oh, no. Exertion? Hmm. And you just sent. You just have to tire yourself out a little. This is tiring. This is exhausting. Excretion? Yeah. You know, I'm just gonna execute you. <laughs> Welcome to nine, not cement probe. Oh. That's for our German audience. Yeah. Uh, I thought that'd be good. Germans uh, understand English if you just put a German accent on right. it. They, then they can just understand it, I think. It's, all, it's like, a, it's like a, what's his name? Craig Robertson with his pervy German accent. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. Well, we've already, we've, we haven't even gotten through the first sentence. We're already talking about <laughs> another TV show. But on this podcast, occasionally, we watch and rank every single Doctor <laughs> Who story ever. And also several Bensons, a lot of West Wings, yep. uh, Cheers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've we've really mm-hmm. gone through. We've ranked. We should rank any show we mentioned. We should incorporate into the rankings. That should be mm-hmm. part of our thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, if you're wondering, my name is John Grant, uh, and I am a lifelong Doctor Who fan. I've been watching it for 36 fabulous years. My name is Porter Mason, and John's been asking me to watch Doctor Who for 26 years, and I finally. <laughs> <laughs> uh each episode we look at two stories we mm-hmm. watch the new doctor who series in order yeah. and then john our doctor who sommelier pairs yeah. the new stories with a classic doctor who story yeah. john what do we have in store for this episode yeah uh this uh episode we are going to go into the third season of the new series uh with the First appearance of the great Martha Jones in an episode entitled Smith and Jones. Mm. Uh, yeah, which is the names of the characters in the mm. story. It's a it's a literary technique um, similar mm. to Oliver Twist or David Copperfield. We just mm. put the name. Who who is who is in this story? <laughs> just get that out of the way. Um, so Dickensian in that sense. You got a lot um, of people like picking up books and it'll say like, you know, the hunt for Red October and they'll be yeah. like, but who is this? <laughs> a separate, Who's in this? a separate piece. Whose piece? Who separate from who? Like, it's it's. I'm confusing. not reading this. Yeah. If I don't even know who it's about, what if it's the someone? Tale of I... two cities. Yeah. Who's in the cities? <laughs> what if it's somebody I know, and then I buy this book, and I'm like, oh, I know that guy. I'd feel like a real heel. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, why am I wasting my money on this? Well, don't worry. The next story also tells you what's in it. Uh, this is the classic story called The Stones of Blood. It is a fourth Doctor story. Um, and again, as I repeatedly warned Probers, this is mid-story series arc here. Um, so please approach with caution. Don't, don't, don't hurl your, yeah. if you're too confused and you want to hurl yourself out of a window, like, and you're just yeah. like, I don't understand what's happening. And then you just throw yourself out of the window. Don't, like, yeah. don't, don't do, do that. that. Yeah. Don't do, or um, if you are going to do that, Please hit subscribe, give us a five star rating. Then that's pretty much all we needed with you. So yeah. then you're then you're on your own, yes, which is yes, should be the yes. tagline. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, we're going to recap these episodes. Uh, first, we're going to look at Smith and Jones, which is the first uh, real kind of episode of season Rebooted three, which yeah. happened uh, the 31st of March 2007. So that happened like three months after the Christmas special. Uh, and uh, did you do you remember, John, if in fact people already knew that the new companion, like, did everyone know who the new companion was? I think, yeah, I'm pretty Primo. sure. Like, they usually, yeah, they usually announce this kind of stuff pretty quick. Or, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's not quite as big as the Doctor getting cast, but it's big when a companion gets cast. And was she, uh, I don't know how to say her last name, Freema Aguiman? Freema Aguiman, I think. Aguiman? Um, was she a known quantity before this or more of a kind of plucked I, from obscurity? I don't think she's particularly well known. I mean, of course, you will recognize her from. Uh, army well, now she's in lots of stuff but yeah. yeah she's also she was in army she was the member at the beginning they had or you know the, the people that were hooking up together and they had the lawyer pieces on she was the also the black woman she played a black woman in both the <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's, frankly she's a bit one note i'll be honest but um uh, and that's then there's a reference in that. here to her cousin at canary wharf which is how that's how they, they were like because people look at oh right cousins. yeah so all right let's let's hear a clip from yeah, smith let's and jones started. let's get the show right We've got air. How does that work? Just be glad it does. I've got a party tonight. It's my brother's 21st. My mother's going to be really... Really? You okay? Yeah. Sure? Yeah. Do you want to go back in? No way. I mean, we could die any minute, but all the same. It's beautiful. Do you think? How many people want to go to the moon? And here we are. Standing in the earth light. What do you think happened? What do you think? Extraterrestrial. It's got to be. I don't know, a few years ago that would have sounded mad, but these days? These days. These days, yeah. These days, Martha, you're right. Uh, well, here's what happens in this uh, story. We open in a hospital and I'm like, oh, no, is this episode going to be some political rant about the benefits or the perils mm -hmm. of a public national health system? Mm -hmm. But no, it's not at all. The hospital gets scooped up and they put it on the moon. So oh. that it go kind of goes another way there. Ooh, yeah. Uh, along with our hero, a very beautiful uh, doctor, Martha Jones, who we just heard from. And she's a real a real doctor, not like mm -hmm. the fakey fake doctor, yeah. doctor who I'm Less a doctor. Less than a thousand years yeah. old. And yeah, she's just a normal. But she is, um, she is at the beginning, I will say from my perspective, she is distractingly pretty, but I, I will get used to her prettiness. Uh, she gets scooped up and plopped on the moon. What? By the way, the doctor's also here. He's disguising himself as a patient. Mm -hmm. And shortly before this happened, Martha actually had figured out that he's an alien so she's got her eye on him mm -hmm. also because she kind of wants to jump his bones, mm. partly because early on in this, he kisses her <laughs> almost immediately and like really kisses her. Mm. So anyway, what's going DNA. on? What's going on in this doesn't episode? Right, right. He's, yeah, that doesn't yeah. make it sound better, actually. Uh, the the rhino, there are these rhino headed aliens. First, let me explain something to you. They're rhino headed aliens. <laughs> Everybody's. Here. 
Yeah, of course. Uh, they're the they're jejun. <laughs> they're very jejun. They scooped up the hospital because there's a fugitive alien that's mm-hmm. hiding out in their midst, eating people's faces and drinking their blood. With a little strong. And, yeah. uh, so the rhinos are going around scanning people to determine if they're human or not, generally freaking everybody out. Mm. And meanwhile, the face eater is just eating faces <laughs> to fool the rhinos anyone's face he just sucks their blood did you see face eating i guess I don't did know. it lie into some doesn't sort she of kinda, <laughs> doesn't she kind of well whatever yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone's face she, is intact she drinks blood and she yeah. fools the rhinos into thinking she's a human and not mm-hmm. a blood drinker mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the hospital is running out of oxygen and all the humans are dying, which the rhinos seem super unconcerned with. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and well, look, the doctor let the let's the let's just call her the face eater. <laughs> <laughs> Drink his blood. He's about to die. Martha uses that to show the rhinos that the face eater is the alien they're looking for. Martha saves the doctor's life. She collapses. Then the doctor saves everybody's life by getting them home. And then the doctor asks Martha, do you want to come with me? And she's up for it if time travel, she, time travel gets mentioned. And she mm. likes that. I'm like, mm. okay, I'm into that. And the doctor says, okay, young lady, but one trip. You mm-hmm. hear me? Mm-hmm. Single trip. That is it. And, uh, you know, I'm sure it's not going to be. But uh, anyway. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's Martha Jones. This is the introduction Welcome, of Martha Dr. Jones. Jones. Yeah. And she, yeah, Dr. Jones. She's, uh, she's great. Uh I thought she was really good. Uh, it was funny to see the contrast between her and Catherine Tate because she's not a com- it's not like mm-hmm. played for comedy in the same way. Right. It's a very different yeah. feel, but also a really good introduction. I thought these were like, I would say hard to do one of these. They just did two right in a row. So anyway, what else? What did I miss here? I'm sure I missed a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Well, um, uh, no, it's yeah. a, it is another, it is sort of another soft reboot or it's definitely one you could come into the series. They mentioned Rose a bit, but you can come into the series and get, okay, there's some past, lady named bros and, and we'll have to deal with that situation um uh but yeah i mean in many ways it, it is starting fresh um obviously this is the first now that they're really sure she's going to stick around they're really the first uh um uh, uh you know starting over again getting the series kind of set up again and all the rules uh martha freeman we'll, we'll work out how to pronounce her name at some point it's rude not to know how but freema freema uh she's great um uh she is the first uh, uh companion of color um uh they were all just a bunch of white british people uh leading up to well perry was american quote unquote uh and a few aliens but you know all still white aliens um uh so it was uh, you know it's kind of a big deal to have him I mean, you know, sadly it was 2007, uh, but nonetheless, you know, we'll take progress where we can get it. Um, uh, and, you know, it's interesting. Uh, um, they uh, largely ignore it. Uh, I mean, her, her, I mean, as we see the season develop, um, her, her race does not really come up too much, um, which is kind of interesting. I, I mean, I, it's fine. Obviously, I'm not, I'm not saying they should be constantly pointing at her and being like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But uh, there, uh, later, there's a, a Bill uh, joins uh, much later with uh, Peter Capaldi, and she's also uh, black. And um, they spend a little bit more time on being like, yeah, you can't really, you know, am I, what am I supposed to go in the past and like what's going to happen? Um, so they have to they deal with that a little bit. I, they touch on it here, I guess, a little bit with Martha, but not as much. But anyway. Um, prima Agumen. Agumen. Yeah, that's how we say it. That's how the internet says. And, and when is the internet wrong? Uh, she uh 
Um, we get to, with her character, we get the family uh, very rapidly introduced, um, which I remember. It's going to be interesting to watch this again because I haven't really watched this series in order uh, in a while. Uh, so we should see how it develops. I just remember it felt almost forced when uh, watching it the first time. I was like, okay, yeah, Rose had a family and we get it. Uh, and now yeah, you know, Martha's got a family. Life, yeah. yeah, it's like Martha's got a family and she's got more family than Rose because, you know, Russell Davis is like, I can I can handle it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so try to create a family dynamic. And they, they do come back. I, that's not a surprise right there. Um, uh, you get uh, the first appearance of the J- Jadoon. The Jadoon were not a, they're not, they're new new monsters um uh kind of a great prosthetic uh it's a, it's a yeah. great costume like the um although you notice that you only ever see one of them with their helmets off <laughs> it's a great great rhino head with a, a leather fetish uh kilt so that is uh, you know <laughs> also russell t davies also gay so oh, yeah ooh. like like um Marcatus. oh yeah that's right that guy yeah straight gay gay, gay. definitely okay. gay, gay. Right. wait hold on hold on i got some news coming in it just reaffirmed his game. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Game. Wow. Yeah. All right. Um, when, whenever the satellite makes a pass, that's usually we get the update. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, enhance. Zoom in. Enhance. <laughs> um, the uh, the monster face eating lady who doesn't eat faces. Uh, she is played by actress Anne Reed, who I'm a little disappointed you didn't recognize. She played the nurse in Oh Yeah, Curse of Henrik. Uh, oh. Remember Doctor Judson's nurse. That was played by Anne Reed. Uh, so they and, just do this stuff to be for fun, right? Yeah, I mean, they yeah. just cast these people. <laughs> for, well, she was. A, nerds, she's a, right? I think she's a pretty well-known soap opera comedy star. She's been around for a long time. Uh, so oh, sure, but I'm just saying they go back to those wells. I think because it makes. I think happy, they just no? cast. Like, I mean, I, I'm going to be honest. I I like the Curse of Fenric, um, but I'll confess. A lot of us aren't heavily invested in what the cast is doing now. Like, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I don't mean specifically the Curse of Fenric. What I mean is that in general, I feel like they go back to the pool of former Who actors because yeah, it's just a nice little thing. Now. I don't know. Or you just think the pool, the pool of Who actors is just so big. That right. It's like, yeah, yeah, you're bound it's, to just hit them again. It's that thing where, you know, um, uh, I found that it sounded like Stefan from, uh, <laughs> it's that thing <laughs> when a guy, uh, no, but, um, British, there are just, there's a pool of British actors. Uh, British actors will do anything as we've talked about before. They'll perform in just about anything. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, and yeah, I think they just are like, they, they also, I, I think, um, there's a maybe smaller pool of directors and TV directors in the UK and directors like people. No. And so they start to develop a list of, okay. And, and yeah, Doctor Who, there's been so much Doctor Who that it's easy to bring back actors because people are like, oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, Jeffrey Palmer shows up two seasons later in the third Doctor era as another politician <laughs> in the far future. And it's just like, oh, yeah. no, I have some questions. There's this <clears throat> pool full of British actors and a pool. Dir- <laughs> are the pools near each other? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, can you die? The pools are full, so no yeah. one should be diving into those pools. Right. Uh, well, the actors are in in one of those hot tubs attached okay. to a pool, and the directors are swimming around in the pool, and everyone's going to lie on. Actor gets pushed out, and the directors will be like, oh, they, "Okay, they yeah. should do a show about that." <laughs> I would cool. watch that. Right, whole bunch of pasty maybe British what, actors <laughs> swimming maybe around. That's, maybe that's what Big Brother is. I've never watched it, so it might yeah, be what or Big Love Brother Island. Is. I don't know one of those. Um. 
also Roy Marsden, uh, the, the head of the direct uh, hospital is played by an actor named Roy Marsden, who's fairly well known. He was a fam- uh, familiar. Yeah, he played Adam Dalgleish, uh, who's one of P.D. James detectives uh, in, in some uh, well-known series and had been in a bunch of stuff before. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's um, uh, like Rose and like it's about Martha and introducing her. It's a very simple story, right? Like the storyline is very simple. Um, and I love that the solutions are like he unplugged, like she, she sets up the MRI machine to uh, which apparently you can set to overload and blow up the earth. So I feel like we should maybe keep a closer <laughs> eye on those. Out on those yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't want Dr. House or whatever doing something with that. Um, but the solution is he unplugs. He basically just unplugs it. Uh, and then uh, they're running out of air and he's just, you know, he's for whatever reason, they're running out of air and he decides to carry Martha uh, because it looks dramatic, but it doesn't really accomplish anything. He just carries her to a window and then is like, come on, Jadoon, like you now send us back. Like, and the Jadoon are just like, yeah, OK, we're going to put it back. It's a very simple solution to things. Right? I mean, it's and not to say that the doctor isn't heroic and, and you know, he does fool the, the face eater who doesn't eat faces uh, uh, by you know letting her drink his blood. So she thinks or they think, you know, they recognize her as alien. So, you know, he is he is heroic. Um, but you're getting, it's interesting. This is now, again, sort of shifting the series because now it's not about Rose. It really is about the doctor more. Right. Like the focus is somehow yeah. more on him and now martha's kind of coming into his orbit um and you know he's still rebounding from rose so he's not really about martha well, he likes her she is reacting to right what he's going through with yeah. rose and she like she clearly has a crush on him and this develops to the season um and he's kind of like yeah i'm just you know i just want to hang out with uh, you know and you seem like you you know you didn't freak out when we went to the moon um so okay uh and so yeah it, it's you know I'm gonna go back to the, you I, I so i've sort of started to understand it more and more over the over the weeks and months and years we're doing this um but you always say like well it's a simple plot and i understand what you're saying like you described it i mean the plot itself is like you said simple in terms of well he and the solution to this was the plotting of it was simple but um i didn't think of this as like oh this is a simple plot mainly because I thought the circumstance that they set up was clever. This idea of that the the because when they say they they literally say they, they like scooped up the land around the hospital right. and put it on the moon. Then of course they have this reason for it that that's how the Jejun operate. They have to go to a neutral territory. The moon's neutral, so they didn't want to get involved in Earth law. And then because of that circumstance. Um, all these things get set into play to do it. Yeah. You're right that the plotting of the solution of it is like pretty simple, but like the just the the premise, I guess, like the way it's set up is really it was like really interesting. Um, yeah. And it reminded me more. And in general, this episode reminded me of an action movie. It, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, it ended very much like this action movie, like everything's barely happening just at the last minute. And, um, you know, similarly, it's like I feel like action movies hinge a lot on like the clever premise and then the way it all plays out is sort of like it, it could yeah. be very like intricate plotting or not but it's sort of like if he, if the premise is there you know the the, the bus has to go above 50 miles an hour <laughs> or whatever it's like great that's all you need you could just do that a bunch of different ways so i it didn't strike me that the plot was simple but i think i was just i was taken by like oh this is a really interesting idea like that they yeah no so, yeah up. so so What's interesting here is that clearly um, Russell T. Davies is much more confident about what the show can do, right? He's like, 
because you know I, I think you know especially as someone who's a fan of the original series and and know you know saw creature from the pit uh and, and realized what can go bad <laughs> it's like she was somewhat being a little bit careful and i think you know it clear, I, I love you know this one suddenly a hospital appears on the moon and the June spaceships fly overhead and a really cool right. sequence and land. And then they march out of the, all across the moon and stuff. And like, clearly Russell Davis is it, like, it is a grander set piece of like, Oh, I can really, you know, I can really let loose here. Um, and it does feel like he's just like, okay, yeah, the, the, the production can keep up with my imagination. Um, and so that's cool. Yeah. And when I, yeah, when usually when I say similar plots, what I, I mean is like, it's not a plot where I'm like, oh, that's so clever right, how that right, happened. Right, right, right. Like it's like, oh, that's what I mean. that piece came together from five, right. ten minutes ago, and now I get it. Like, and yeah, and so, so if I don't do that, I don't care. I'm not interested. <laughs> well, no, right? obviously, there's all different parts of it, right? Like, you could have a very clever plot in a very normal circumstance, but the like, mm-hmm. the, this was sort of oh this this clever circumstance but then the plotting of it of how things unraveled was just sort of yeah okay it's kind of just ended up getting solved like you know and simple is fine and it doesn't have to be complicated all the time um and especially you know again i think like rose it's got to be like you you want to focus on the companion and martha and who is she and and getting to you know and and, uh it's interesting how this the clip we played even too right it's like he's he's testing her like oh okay she doesn't you know she clearly like i love when the sequence where she's like looking out the windows and she goes to open the window and the other nurse is like no the air and she's like i don't think the hospital was airtight before right so i'm pretty sure and like he's impressed by that but like she's using her her logic and stuff like that to figure it out which i like i like hey i like liz and uh i I like martha i like i like my companions with degrees yeah uh so but I like Hot that with she's degrees. I mean, you're exactly. <laughs> I like that she's smart, and one of the reasons why is also almost a mechanical thing. Of I can envision then like she can handle some exposition at times. Yeah. Um, whereas Rose, you know, just because of the nature of the character, the later she changed as she became kind of the more experienced companion, especially when other companions were there, she was like, "Oh, these are these aliens. I'll tell mm-hmm. you about them," and and she did understand more. But I think that'll be good. But yeah, I like that she had smarts. I thought the doctor, it was like you said, they're clearly showing this thing of he's really wrapped up in Rose and I buy it. But um, one of the things that was funny, and I guess this is something you do after kind of a breakup, you know, is she was he was talking about her in ways that it made me think back. And uh, I was like, was Rose really doing that? Like he said. Oh, I miss Rose. I wish she was here. She always knew what to do and everything. It was like, I don't know. If that was like, yeah, there was a, some occasions where Rose sort of led the way. But, you know, the doctor drove most of those stories. Rose was always game for everything yeah. and along for the ride and would sort of push him to, like, make a bold choice or whatever. But she was rarely the person, like, thinking of the idea of what to do next, I think. Like, but yeah. it was funny to that he, maybe he's just looking back with, sorry for the pun, rose-colored glasses. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just, like, mm-hmm. seeing her as like, oh, yeah, she always knew what to do, and I wish she was here. I'm lost without her. And I just right. thought, I don't know. I, that's mm, not quite how I, I mean, remember it. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, you know, we, we know each other well. I, I don't think you've ever lost a girlfriend into a parallel universe. Um but it does it, it does affect you, right? I mean, if, if you have had a, a significant other trapped in a parallel universe and you're like, oh, God, she got sucked into a hole and now yeah. she's in another world with her dead father, it does it does mess with your head. I'm going to be yeah, honest. Yeah, it's it's yeah. weird. Sure. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> 
All right, why don't we move on? I mean, can we just move on? Move on, Doctor. To our classic episode. We can't linger. We gotta keep we've got a lot to cover. We can't linger. This this episode similarly is sort of a uh, does what it sends on says on the tin title, which is the Stones of Blood. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, there are stones and and there's blood. They and like blood. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, this is season sixteen, serial three of the original series. It's four episodes. It's, it moves along at a at a quick clip. <laughs> um, it was released between the twenty eighth of October and the eighteenth of November, nineteen seventy eight. I was about a year old, so I was into it. I mean, again, I had missed some of the earlier season arc when I was one years old, so I couldn't like I didn't yeah. dip into this yeah. one. Yeah, um, you gotta, but, yeah, you got to invest. But uh, let's listen to this clip, which you have so lovingly put together for us. Doctor, did I understand you correctly? That thing is made of stone. Yes, and it's closing on us fast. But it's impossible. No, it isn't. We're standing still. I meant a silicon-based life form is unknown, unheard of, impossible. Maybe it doesn't realize that. Doctor? What is it? In the cause of science, I think it's our duty to capture that creature. Have you any plans? We could track it to its lair. Come on! Its lair. (laughs) The stone's lair. The 80-year-old woman is going to bring it down. Uh, In the name of science! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, definitely we can talk more about her. Yeah, so here's what went down in this uh, story, such as as it is. (laughs) Hey, it's the fourth Doctor. Oh, and hey, Romana, but Mm. not the one I've met. Uh Oh, and K-9. Great. (laughs) Well, anyway, here we all are (laughs) in rural England Mm -hmm. near some Stonehenge-looking old-ass stones. Yep. And then there's some academics here, also some locals who are into the whole druid thing, and they worship the Druiding stones. It up. Yeah. yeah, people start turning up dead, and we find out. Well, it's it's the stones, not not the rolling. Not the rolling. Stones. Stones. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized. That. <laughs> well, that it's the cover. stones, and they're like, Dang. oh wow, this they really blew the budget out on this one. Yeah. So it, it's the actual physical stones, but it's the stones moving around. Almost as if someone was inside them walking around or being pulled by a pulley. It's clearly not that, but actually an inorganic alien life form. The doctor tricks one to jump off a cliff yeah. in a scene reminiscent of Bugs Bunny. Like he waves a little cape in front of it like it's a bull. And there's and even I mean, bullfighting music. It's like... And I mean, they're obviously having fun with it. I mean, like Tom Baker sort of does that stuff for funny, but it is so ridiculous. It's a polystyrene rock that is... Wandering yeah. around, blinking at people. Yeah. Hurls itself off a cliff a la Toonsa's The Driving Cat. <laughs> um, Romana gets zapped away to a spaceship, and the doctor finds a way to head after her. Yeah. And once, he there, once he's there, he finds a door, and he goes with that old woman, right? No, she stays on Earth. Oh, okay. Because, uh, yeah, at, at the midway mark, the story takes a real right turn into oh, a yeah. completely different tone. <laughs> right. So at this moment, he he he. Op- there's a door that says, don't open, please, in mm-hmm. an ancient text, which, of course, you got to open that. Yeah, you got to open that right and, up. And uh, two weird disembodied beings come out, oh, and they're God. a little... 
blinking Judge Dread lights. <laughs> they yeah. want to execute the doctor for breaking some rules. And now we're in kind of like a Boston legal. Uh, <laughs> it's gone yeah. from horror seventies horror story to Boston legal. It's a real it's a real tone shift. <laughs> and then he finds out that they're searching for a criminal who mm-hmm. he thinks is the woman he interacted with back mm-hmm. on the stones. Mm-hmm. But, I, but anyway, so then so. He holds a little mock trial, including he wanted the, you know the little hat from the prop department to put on the the, <laughs> the lawyer uh, wig. Um, he he's representing himself to the justice robots. Yeah, it doesn't really work. So instead, at the last moment before he's going to be shot by them to be executed, he just pulls the alien stone woman in front of him, and then when the justice robots have to check to see if she's okay to scan her, they find out she's the criminal. Yeah. And then they have to leave, so they just don't have time to kill the doctor um, (laughs) because we're still guilty of this crime. Um, Then he returns to Earth with Romana and K-9, and they leave the professor lady with more stones to study, so she's psyched. And a lifetime of stories for her to tell. She's going to really regale him. Yeah. Anyway, John, what didn't I miss here? <laughs> this is a well. This is a. I mean, you know, I, look. This is a real Valentine defense of civil procedure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's really what we're going for here. No, this is. I I actually really like this story. Um, but I I can see how it would be weird coming into it. Um, so this is uh this is midway through the key to time season. Uh, and you okay. do get at the beginning the sort of brief explanation because they were halfway through and they were like, well, we can't count on people watching every week. So we should probably explain what the hell's going on here at some point. Uh, so basically at the beginning of the season, the doctor is alone with K-9 uh, and suddenly Romana appears and she's been, supposedly been sent from the Time Lords. And they said, look, you know, you or he, he so the doctor meets the White Guardian. So the universe is these magical beings called the White Guardian, the Guardian of Light and Time, and the Black Guardian, who is sort of the Guardian of, of badness and chaos or whatever. Uh, and uh, and that the universe is out of balance, and the only way to restore it is to assemble the key to time, which is so powerful it will stop the whole universe. And then you can tinker around and you know put up some new drapes, and and then everything will be better. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, but it's been divided into six segments that have been hidden across the universe. Uh, and so this becomes the linking theme for the whole season, which is that each ep- each story, they will go to another place. They will find that using that little tracer wand, the little plastic prop, they will find uh, the hidden uh, stone and, uh, and or hidden uh, piece of the key. And then they will assemble it into into the key to time uh, in just in time for the season finale. It's good. It's good. It worked out that way. Like it, it would have yeah, been that's, weird. Yeah, that's lucky. Like three stories into the next season. They were like, oh, yeah, we finally got it. Um, so they um, so that's sort of the. And and really, this is new. They'd never really done an arc quite like this before. You know, stories ran into each other, but sort of this interconnection. And as they're going, they're sort of talking about, oh, you know, could these be agents of the Black Guardian? And, and you know, and so the intention was to do separate stories, uh, but with this this linking theme. Uh, so we do get, this is, I think only the third story with the second or first Romana, excuse me, Romana one. We met the, we've met the second Romana, um, but this is uh, Mary Tam, who is, beautiful uh just a very strikingly yeah, beautiful she looks woman like kind of a she has like a mod that 70s model look yeah she she's like just very tall um she is she is uh uh she's done <laughs> later she did so i guess it's this thing where we as funny people think that attractive people can't be funny because that's our thing and they have everything else <laughs> uh <laughs> so can't i uh, for whatever just- reason 
Leave that alone. <laughs> yeah, for God's sake. Um, so I just always remember being like, oh, she must be a very serious actress and blah, blah. And then right. and, uh, in later years, she did DVD commentaries and and, uh, and other things. And you could tell why she and Tom Baker got along because she is just insane in like a funny, endearing way. She's just crazy oh, okay. and loves like oddball humor and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, she's, she's very glamorous, uh, uh, very attractive. Um, you have Professor Amelia Rumford, played by Beatrix Lehman. Uh, I hope she goes on your list of companions that should have been. I think she's great. She's, oh, people that's love a good her. One. Yeah. Um, it's clear too that Tom Baker, I think, likes working with these uh, sort of because uh, dotty old women. Uh, he meets a few of them in his time. Um, she is a if you uh, Google her, uh, um, she's beautiful. She uh, as a younger actress, she was amazing. She was did like she was in radio she wrote novels she wrote plays she's been on television this was her last role this was her final performance uh at least on television uh i think she died just a year later or something um and uh and she's just amazing she's great uh uh sort of a playing this dotty professor um she's fantastic uh in this sort of <laughs> again i guess you get away with this in the 70s not clear what the relationship between her and Vivian was. They share a cottage together. They seem to be very right. friendly. <laughs> um, uh, you know, you don't, you don't want to ask a lot of questions. This is written by, uh, this is a first story for a writer named David Fisher, who wrote several more Tom Baker stories. Um, and he's, uh, he's also very funny if you see his interviews and, and clearly a very smart guy. Um, and, uh, but obviously still learning how to write Doctor Who here. I mean, it's a very, it really, it, it starts off as like sort of classic 70s rural horror story, right? You've got this stone circle and the stones come to life and they drink blood and there's a cult with torches and, the, you know, the druids wandering around doing these ceremonies and, and you know, praying to the Kaliak and all that kind of stuff. It reminded me of a canine and company. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. In about the same time period. Right. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, again, uh, <laughs> I was, I was writing down as I was watching, I was like, Probably five years ago, ten years ago, watching this, I would have been like, "Where do you, I mean, where do you find grown adults who all have jobs and careers who believe this kind of crap and wander around circles with torches?" But now I'm just like, "Okay, yeah, yeah pretty, yeah. See, pretty reasonable." <laughs> that just happened. Um, what, what was the thing? This most recent thing that there's like a lasers, la a Jewish, Jewish laser lasers. from space yeah. that starts wildfires. Well, that's because, true though. <laughs> <laughs> I just like that. It's like. They don't want to believe global warming, right. but they're like, but I'll That's take me ridiculous. on this journey of how the space <laughs> laser is. That sounds like the kind of thing Jewish people would do. Sure. Um, uh, it's a... Uh, um, yeah, and so yeah, it's a horror story that then goes into this really crazy tonal shift uh, to the uh, to the justice sort of parody story, right? The, the courtroom scenes of the doctor uh, and very funny uh, back interactions back and forth. Um, uh, and then, but then also has the, and I remember this is a, it's a genuinely scary scene is the campers, right? Who discover the stones uh, in the woods and they're just two, a couple out camping and then the stones are drink their blood. And it's like a very, it's a frightening scene. It was interesting about it. I, I read a review of the story. It was like, it's totally unnecessary. This No one knows they exist. The doctor never knows about them. They weren't characters we'd seen before. Uh, no one ever knows what happened to them or it, like they they're totally relevant to the story. It's just an atmosphere scene designed to be scary in a moment though, where the story had now gone into, we're no longer a horror story, but they were like, well, we have this leftover horror scene. So let's just remind you where things were. That's funny. Really you mentioned that. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because I was confused by that scene. I thought I was for some reason supposed to know who they were 
I did agree with it, that the effects and whatever it, it was genuinely like kind of a scary Creepy. scene, but I was confused as to how it fit in with everything. I, I didn't. Yeah. You know, no, they were yeah. just going to get their blood and then they're just like, okay, well that happened. Um, uh, I do, uh, the Megara, the justice, piece, I do like them. Uh, I think the voice work is actually very good. Uh, they give them personalities. I mean, obviously they have no, um, they have no, uh, they're just flashing lights that even the cast can't see. <laughs> um, clearly <laughs> at one point when they come out the door, the Dr. Ramon are just clearly looking the other direction and the camera just moves past them. <laughs> yeah, it just they'll catch up. Um, uh, but I think they're not bad. Uh, and then the Ogre, I actually, I remember as a kid, I thought they were fright. There was something creepy about them and they're crashing through the house. And there are, I mean, there's some gruesome, but you know, the, um, uh, there's a famous edit apparently where when they kill DeFreeze and the woman that he's with, of them like freaking out and panicking and running around the house and, and uh, screaming. And they were just like, Oh, it's a little too terrifying. Uh, yeah. Um, and, uh, but it's still gruesome. Like, you know, he, the doctor leans over the bodies and it's like skulls smashed to pulp. And it's like, Oh, Oh yeah. You know, enjoy that children. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, this is, this is another one. I, I just, just for whatever reason, I rewatched this a ton, uh, because I love smash I skulls. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> just, 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 warms the cockles of your heart and stones flinging themselves <laughs> off um oh there's that oh there's that weird uh so episode one has that very weird cliffhanger where she keeps hearing his voice and then is on just goes to the edge of a cliff for no readily apparent reason and then just falls off the cliff uh, yeah she becomes so disoriented yeah that she just suddenly when she turns around no she doesn't even turn around. somehow she's her back is to the cliff, and yeah. I never understand how it exactly happens. So what was supposed to happen is she was supposed to see an image of the doctor uh, who was coming towards her menacingly or something like that that was projected by the, the Kaliak or whatever. Uh, and Tom Baker said, I won't do that. He said, I don't. The doctor should never be frightening or menacing. I don't want kids to ever see my character being scary like that um so it makes for a weird cliffhanger you feel like they could have written around that better than they did but um i like uh of course, later you know, he does face of evil where yeah he's really, <laughs> well like... he's never he's uh megalos he's always got the spines on him i guess but yeah um uh i, yeah. I like the general idea like he was uh, baker was very conscious of the image of the doctor uh and so famously when he was playing the role he was a huge drunk uh and just would like be uh, the the pubs of Soho uh, drinking all night uh, and um, uh, and then coming to work and stuff like that um, drinking and smoking and and there are all these legendary s- stories of him in the bars and and stuff like that um, but you know people he isn't criticized too much for it because people said as soon as a child if, if they were anywhere ever not that there were children wandering through the pubs but like <laughs> if he was out in public or something as soon as he saw a kid he would throw the cigarette away and switch to orange juice and they would just be like he he never he was very conscious of his image uh in front of children which is you know quite commendable i think um but yeah uh this is this is again another one like uh Urshak and and some of those just to be is a very quintessential it's very quintessential doctor who and it's very quintessential saturday afternoon doctor who um and it's it's also very funny i do the interactions that he has with uh with her with uh, with with uh, professor rumford with romana very funny um yeah i i mean I, he's great obviously um tom baker but i do think it's 
it the the tone shifts are really weird and sometimes are problematic with him because he's always so light and bubbly that is when it, there are times then when um during something that's maybe supposed to be more serious or scary it kind of undercuts things and then when we're on the ship with the the floating uh lights <laughs> um it's really hard to take things seriously and then he's so all uh light and fluffy that you're like yeah i just don't buy any of this <laughs> <laughs> this is all crazy they so don't, uh, you're right you know. they they don't have a lot of menace um it doesn't help to you know the the stones are less effective in the brightly lit mall hallways <laughs> of the set um and they are like l- lurching out of the dark in the forest um you know her uh, vivian Faye has now for whatever reason painted herself silver uh <laughs> you know, wearing a very, very low cut dress which is I was like okay yeah i guess she, that really shifted quickly um uh yeah so so it definitely um uh it, it kind of, um, and you'll see this as we go along, it kind of sums up in many ways the differences of this era of that. So this was the second uh, season of the Graham Williams era. He was the producer who took over after Philip Hinchcliffe, who did uh, The Ark in Space, The Hand of Fear, Robots of Death, like some of these uh, episodes that some we've famous seen. Famous ones. Yeah, and that were really well known for being really done. And then this was, uh, Graham Williams kind of came in and they were like, it needs to be lighter. We can't it's too terrifying for children. Like it needs to calm down a little bit. Uh, it needs to be a little bit. And so he was like, I'll do it with more humor. And this one almost illustrates that weird split. Like the first two episodes, again, are this very dark woods, haunting, creepy stones, you know, blood drinking stones. And again, that switches to this brightly lit kind of uh, cheesy. I'm going effect. to wear a hat yeah. now. I'm going <laughs> yeah, to like comedy. To it's just like, yeah, it sums up in many ways the contrast of the two eras. Uh, yeah. yeah. And does so in an incredibly stupid way. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to rankings. <laughs> I think I know where we're headed. <laughs> Themes out on the beach at night watching sunsets. Sunrise on themes. Yeah. Themes power ballad. Yeah. Yeah. Like an yeah. Aerosmith. You get it on one of those like um like those commercials in the eighties with like and this CD will also include <laughs> you know, be on that It'd be like yeah. you like you wouldn't buy the album on its own but you'd be like oh that's nice that's on there okay good good what's like the Stones uh who were just drinking a lot of blood have now come in to do the theme. another Stones that's right. doing the yeah. themes. <laughs> Look, uh, we are adherents of the repeating themes here on No Not the Mind Probe. Uh, We like to look at some things that are threads throughout not only these episodes, but throughout Mm. the Doctor Who canon in general. It kills some time. Uh, this week, right? Also, you know, what are we? What, what do you got to do? What yeah. do you? Where do you got to be somewhere? Let us talk about the themes. What <laughs> you want these under ninety minutes? No, no. <laughs> um, so this week we're going to talk about you know maybe quite obviously, but there are, uh, justice uh, is the theme here. Uh, we have the Jadoon, and of course we have our little glowy lights <laughs> in the second part <laughs> yeah. where we see some different ways that justice is enacted in the universe mm-hmm. um that doctor who um and of course you know john i'm interested to hear because i i've seen even just from episode titles there's all sorts of titles like the trial of the time lord <laughs> like there's these things like this so this seems to be a, a running a running theme yeah well yeah, i mean so this is i think this is kind of interesting um 
which is why I thought it would be good to talk about it in a podcast. Uh, sure. Because then it, it's interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, but then I forgot. No. Uh, so it's it's always fun uh, in these series because, of course, the Doctor is a force of law into himself or herself, right? I mean, that, that uh, uh, you know, the Doctor shows up, decides something's wrong, uh, and, uh, you know, he's sort of judge, jury, and, and sometimes executioner, literally. Uh, and, um, and then, you know, whenever the doctor does encounter official justice, it's always portrayed as sort of pompous or ridiculous, or, you know, you've got the Jadoon who are, yeah, they're kind of mercenaries. They're also not, I mean, yes, they disintegrate people every once in a while, <laughs> but generally they're like, okay, you know, they're like, you are not what we're looking for. We'll put your little marker on your hand. Uh, you get compensation if they're wrong. Also, you want to have a beer with them? <laughs> yeah, yeah, not so yeah, bad. That's, like, that's what know. I'm looking for, right? Um, and so, yeah, there's, there's sort of a, um, the, the, uh, uh, and then the Megara, right, are also, they're justice machines. They're, you know, supposed to be dispassionate and fair. And, you know, uh, and they're made figures of fun, right? It's like, oh, who are the, you know, this official justice? Who are they? Uh, you know, we prefer this vigilante who wanders <laughs> around. <laughs> um, and so I just think it's always interesting because, you know, as a... Um, uh, you know, I joke and who about... quickly leaves after he enacts justice <laughs> yeah. and takes no responsibility for his actions. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, I'm assuming people will get out of that closet they were locked in when all this started. Um, uh, and it, it is, you know, the, the Megara um, is uh, the whole sort of tension of those scenes. I use the word tension loosely. Uh, yeah. Is, um, you know, they're like, he's like, you could just scan her brain and find out the answer and they're like no we can't there are rules and it's like Ugh. And it's just that, that to me it captures what all these laws because you know brothers i'm a lawyer believe it or not mm. i have a career mm. outside of this um surprisingly this isn't supporting me yet but um <laughs> uh oh, I, I love cop shows but i do get annoyed that all the cop shows are like hey lawyers are terrible and annoying and it's also like ah these stupid rules and that dumb constitution like ah, i don't need that stuff and like here it's like the mcgar like no we can't just um we can't just uh, you know, scan people's brains like uh now why is you know i'm sure there's some reason um <laughs> we can't just do it uh well, the and the doctors like, talked a lot about brain scanning yeah and well it wasn't um anti Oh no, it's not. This this is a great one where uh, is a is a Gallifrey episode of one point where they're just like uh, uh, we're going to have we're going to have you vaporized and he goes, but vaporization without representation is against the constitution. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there you go. It's still like whenever this procedure works for him. But yeah, here it's an annoyance, right? And I just think that's always interesting right. about these shows. Like you know, here's supposed to be this paragon of justice and virtue and all that kind of stuff. Um, who is like, ugh, justice, ugh, rules, and trials, and blah, blah, blah. I've got a hunch. Uh, so why do I need all these processes? Um, and, you know, I wonder what it teaches kids. It teaches them to take justice in their own hands. Now, do your kids try and execute people that they <laughs> <laughs> problems they listen to little glowing lights in the sky that tell them yeah. uh, not to but how um, is, all right, so i mean you, yeah you you get you get you get children's uh, and as far as i know they haven't committed any major crimes yet but um yeah. i mean we have a sign up in our house like you know <laughs> 372 days since the last you know but where, felony committed by my child where do kids learn about justice and the justices like where is it portrayed well yeah. like dora 
uh <laughs> lawyers are never like I, it, yeah because like when you learn basic jobs think back to like richard scary jobs like, right you know you learn about policemen and firemen right so they learn the like i think their interaction with the law is like policemen yeah. and they they know good and bad right so they're just like, yeah. well, like well, they're that, the good that, guys that cop is that mouse driving a pickle is a right. policeman. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes. And and the, the cops are supposed to get the bad guys and, yeah. you know, things like this. Um, obviously, that's been an interesting conversation over the past year or two uh, with everything going on in the country. Um, but, you know, they they're it's very, very uh, all or nothing, the, the good and the bad guys. So literally the, the main question, like if we watch Doctor Who, the first question would be like, someone comes up on screens like is that a good guy or a bad guy like right. they you know need to know that right away so there's that aspect of it in terms of like a lawyer and a court and a judge and stuff like that that's still kind of past that um they do get that their people like you know presidents and senators and stuff like that they kind of i think would see them as maybe the people involved right. in the we law which i mean is not, not wrong <laughs> uh, right but there's certain <laughs> right but they're also very well aware that some of those people are the worst and, and that some it makes are mommy drink and, wine you know, whatever that, that mommy drinks um, a lot of wine when we mention some of those presidents so but i do think they have a sense of following rules um right. and then that's a very personality-based thing i'm sure like um, I had this with my siblings, I know, and I can see it with my two girls. My eldest is very much a rule follower to the point that like she calls you on your own rules right away. Like mm -hmm. if you make the rule and then she's like, but like an hour later, she's like, no, no, you can't do that. Remember, you told me I can't that, that we're not doing that. And you're like, Whereas, I gave a lot of money to your mother's pack. So <laughs> I can do whatever I want. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and then my my younger daughter is. Uh, she basically takes a tactic of yes, I will nod and listen to the rules that you're telling me, and then I will proceed to do whatever I feel right. like doing. So like, I was made aware of the rules, and <laughs> I have made an executive decision to ignore them. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes, yes. <laughs> thank you um, for the information. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so no, that, I, I mean it's interesting. So like, but I, in terms of the whole idea of like the actual due process of it, of like. Uh, you know, this and we follow these procedures and whatever, like, I don't know when I think you're right. It would get to watching like, you know, Law and Order, like shows later when you were older. I think yeah. where you would first really be exposed to but even because there, you don't go like, to jury duty until you're like, right, much older. I mean, it, even you know. it's like culturally, it's like because uh, I've been I've been because uh, I'm Mike and I are actually 70 year old grandparents. We watch, we've been watching Perry Mason on, on the oh, CBS All Access, the old one, not the new one. The new one's probably yeah, yeah. Um, and they're great. The new one but, may be good. I've never seen it. Maybe, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, for, uh, if the new one, if you're looking sorry. for advertising on our podcast, <laughs> we are still open to it. Like, do not, yeah, we have not totally. foreclosed it. But the old we'll one is watch. great. Uh, and, um, but even there, like, you know, it is, he's like, he definitely skirts the ethical line uh, pretty closely in terms of, like, he, for whatever reason, he's always at the murder scene, uh, <laughs> like, right there, like, often before the cops. And, you know, he'll, he'll do sort of this, just inside the legal or ethical uh line uh shenanigans to uh you know to help his client or whatnot um and that's that's looked at as like oh that's good like yeah good that's what you should do um and so yeah and, and again cop shows it's always the you know gibbs on ncis he you know every once in a while just kills someone <laughs> 
for whatever reason. Uh, usually a criminal. It's not like he's just walking on the street, and just shot someone and then walks on. That'd be a weird episode. But well, uh, look, it's like, it's where do you also learn? very reminiscent of like getting into the, you know, geopolitical question of when when your president gets elected, you know, the one you wanted, they're like, yeah. He needs to just stop paying attention to this stuff and just change all the laws to right. be able to want. It's like, right. no, you really don't want him to be able <laughs> or her to be able to do that because then the next person can. And if you don't like them, then you're gonna you're gonna be very upset yeah. that they, you know. And I, I, we've obviously put this to a pretty a big <laughs> test here recently. Really, um, uh, yeah, know. pushing the line here in the U.S. But you know, coming back to Doctor Who, which is, uh, folks, if you're just tuning in, that's what this yeah. podcast is about. <laughs> um, sure. uh, we touch on it. We touch on Doctor Who. Yeah, we Who. mention it. But um, no, I mean, you know, it's, it is interesting because the Doctor character is supposed to be this iconoclast and this, you know, the dot within the system. And, and, and you know, we see it with uh, from last week's uh, podcast, which we recorded a week ago. Uh, we see the, the Master's uh, character Character from the Silurians was also, you know, the, the bureaucrat is annoying and you know puffed up and uh, everybody's got rules and why can't I just shoot anybody I want to? Right. And it's just so stupid and it's like, and you know, the Doctor is meant to be the opposite of that. Like, you know, if if and of course it's better television, right? It would be pretty boring if uh, the Stones of Blood in the first episode, the Doctor was like, all right, well, a lot of people got hurt, so we should file a class action against uh, <laughs> it's Vivian Faye. <laughs> Work our way through the system, everybody, uh, and then that's what kids learn. And the kids are like, oh. Then you, then you'd have a lot more of like seventeen episode arcs, <laughs> where it's like, Ooh. oh man, we've been twelve B six, and everybody's like, wait, what's that? We just sent out our first mailing. <laughs> John, how are you doing? Um, Sorry, just did you finish after up getting your, over here from the themes? Whew. Did you finish up your political podcast? <laughs> we... I just have a few more things about lawyers that they should be paid more money, okay, uh, yes. and Doctor Who should start stop making fun of them. So yeah. people don't like lawyers enough. Yeah. Mm. What have we ever done <laughs> except get guilty people off? Uh, off of, of of criminal cases, I don't know. I don't personally. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I don't know what uh, prevent them from getting uh, hanged. Look, here's the deal: there are over right. 295 Doctor Who stories, and we've uh-huh. ranked 42 of them. Uh, 42. Yeah. Um, we're gonna rank two more. Hmm. Um, predictably. I mean, we're just <laughs> yeah. ugh, like a boy. You know, just phoning this this show in at this point. Set a watch by <laughs> us over here, and not an interesting watch. <laughs> Uh, but I'm going to start. Uh, so first, Smith and Jones, our new series, the introduction of Martha Jones. I really like this episode. Mm. Um, and I know we'll just I think it's just I like Martha and I thought it was a great introduction. And I did like the I kind of like the action moviness of it. Mm. I liked the effects of the Jadoon. <laughs> All good. So but I didn't feel like it was going to be in my like upper, upper, right. like number one. Yeah. It ended up kind of at the bottom of the top. So I yeah. have it um, like, for example, I couldn't put it above empty child doctor dances. Like, yeah. No, well, it's not be madness. Better than that. That'd but be um, I put it right below it. Oh, so um, I put it. It's, less madness. it's sitting between that and uh, the hand of fear, which mm. is a, a older one I really mm-hmm. like. So that's that's. Yeah, that's up in the top echelon. That happened. That happened, folks. You witnessed it. (laughs) (laughs) It is. (laughs) By the way, I want to call out that now you're ranking, which we'll get to. Hmm. You have now two. uh, Your one and two are both new um, new series. Sorry about that, folks. Anyway, um, obviously, some sort of the sigma function on this spreadsheet, mm, which, by mm, the way, mm. 
Vogue Perverts, I have been up for seven days. <laughs> I have not slept for a week. Just just coming to all sorts of conclusions. Analyzing the spreadsheet is right, just right. Perverts. I'll tell you, get yourself, if you haven't gotten yourself a spreadsheet, get something to spread and then find a sheet and put it on. John, I'm going to introduce change you your life. I'm going to put this stuff into a pivot table. And then Whoa, you know what that's nuts. That, well, I don't think that can happen. To wrap up my section, Stones yeah, of Blood right. is not good. I didn't enjoy <laughs> it. And I moved it along down the list. And it's one of those that the reason why it's moving down is like, again, I just I just didn't engage with it. And yet it didn't get to the point of it being like so bad it's good. Right. So right. I kind of started moving it down. Uh, as you mentioned before, Vengeance on Virus. Shoot, start moving well, up here up. because yep. Yep. I I could I would watch Vengeance on Virus and Meglos mm-hmm. uh, again because they're just so silly. Like they're just fun to watch. Um uh but then I get to fear her and I say, stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> the the fear her is the Maginot line of the uh <laughs> the rankings. You no, know? it is an interesting group here at the bottom of because it's like fear her, edge of destruction, the mind robber, and love and monsters. And yep. it's like basically it's when I think about rewatching them and I get kind of the like the chills of like I don't want to watch <laughs> yeah. that again. Yeah. And it's not there for me. Like Stone's Blood isn't like at that level yeah. by any means. And but could it's just you, you have two hundred other episodes you can watch before you have to think about it again. that's right uh, yeah. so that's where i am uh those are it's kind of uh, near the bottom there mm-hmm. but um what about you john well they both do better for me uh well no actually um no, oh no, no you, i lost you know, it where, where did it go you're the uh 23 you're middle of the road there wait hang on i, I scrolled over and now i've lost everything oh there I, I, Ooh, I, man I this thing you. is uh this thing is tough okay Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and some of them are yellow how'd that happen I made them yellow so you can oh. see them more easily. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's <is> great. <laughs> Folks, This you're getting the real behind the scenes <laughs> this podcast. I'm going to turn this podcast into like teaching John how to use a spreadsheet. Uh, what's the uh, the community episode where the dean is learning Excel and then he has the, at the end it's just him sadly looking through a window with a song about Excel in French. <laughs> it's very <laughs> it's very funny. Anyway, besides that, um, I've got Smith and Jones up there pretty good. I, um, uh, it's a solid story. I kind of, it's similar to Rose and what it has to do and sort of how it yeah, sets things right. up and stuff like that. So I kind of have it in the same play. I, I started with Rose. I was like, it's still not better than Rose because Rose was impressive. Just what I had to do. And I started working my way down from there. I was like, it's not better than Quiet Dead or Rise of the Cybermen, but it is, I think, a little better than the End of the World. So I got Smith and Jones between Rise of the Cybermen and End of the World at uh, 22 or 24, depending on the math here. Uh, it's not, it says 23 <laughs> next year. But that's it's, not right, folks. Folks, that's wrong. It's at twenty-two. I guess. I'll set this up for you next time. <laughs> the so math you know. is hard. <laughs> uh, and then the Stones of Blood. Um, I instinctively like it, um, but had to. You know, wait, where did it go? Oh, uh, I, when you when you scroll over one, it disappears. <laughs> okay, so I've got it now at thirty one A, folks. So thirty one A is where it is, which I think makes it thirty <laughs> or thirty two. I can't tell which way we're going here. Uh, so I have it just above the diamonds. So I Stones of Blood for me, is, yeah, it's not I great, but it's funny. Uh, it's funny and it's fun for me uh because i still have a soul 
mm, uh, yeah, whatever yeah. your deal is. Uh, so I, it's in the Warriors of the Deep camp. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's in Warriors of the Deep camp. It's somewhere in the 30s in the rankings. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a run the machine to do it. I figure we'll figure. I don't have a saw. I just have a spreadsheet. That's (laughs) all I have now. That's all I'm left with. And it confuses the hell out of me. Like all human feelings, it confuses the hell out of me. Uh, Look, if you want to see, and by the way, you're going to be blown away by this this, this (laughs) spreadsheet when it is presented to you at the table. Yeah. on mindprobe.show slash rankings. Hmm. Uh, you can also see notes for mobile episodes. We forgot to mention that uh, last week. Uh, yeah. John, so if you, uh, if you just stopped, if you just were like, well, I guess there's no reason to go to the website right. last <laughs> right. week, go back. There are some notes and links. I link, and the links are fun, folks. Yeah. Sometimes the links link to um, uh, stuff about Doctor Who. Sometimes. So, uh, 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 fun story, fun story. Probers get it close. Uh, I was doing since we all we ever talk about on this podcast are other TV shows. I was linking uh, the, the uh, posts about uh, Doomsday and Earthshock, uh, and I decided I, we mentioned the dinosaurs. So I, and I was like, oh, I'll link to something about dinosaurs. So I found a link to an article about the TV series Dinosaurs. Remember when there was a yeah. TV show with Jim Henson and there were dinosaurs? basically and, like the Honeymooners, but they were dinosaurs. Yeah. And uh, first of all, the mother from Arrested Development was the uh, wife dinosaur, the mother dinosaur oh, wow. in the show of uh, Judy Greer. Um, I also had forgotten that it has a really dark ending, <laughs> like the ending of that series. Is it like a comet hits or is that what happens? Well, no, the ending of the series is the company that the dinosaurs run um, or that the dinosaur works for basically destroys all the plants. And then they're like, oh, we need clouds so that it rains. And then they try to seed the volcanoes, which then just fill the sky. And then the last shot is the family in their house huddled together for warmth and it's snowing outside and then the 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 father dinosaur is like don't worry this will all work out we've been around for thousands of years what could happen to us Uh, and then it slowly pulls back to the house slowly getting covered with snow it's a really it's supposed to be i read i went down a real rabbit hole (laughs) following up on this link um and uh you know there was the henson company's way of talking about environmental uh, you know, uh, uh, hubris and, and stuff like that. But yeah, anyway, so um, so those you are the kinds of fun links you can find on our website. You could head down that same rabbit hole. Yeah. You just click on the links. Yeah. John is hard at work. Add in those notes. Mining, those mining links. Mining right. the, in the content mines. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see the complete rankings. And again, my hope is you'll be able to kind of order them. We're going to have our, our overall intimp ranking, yeah. which will be exciting. It'll be kind of like, yeah, the coaches poll will be kind of an aggregate of all the people yeah. ranking here. And uh, I think if we get more eyes on this spreadsheet, uh, people yeah. can explain it to me. Uh, and it'll be like, yeah, 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 pe- yeah. People contact me. Uh, I'd explain to me where my rankings are. Um, well, and if you would, if you would like to uh, uh, contact us, uh, you can't contact John. Right. Well, uh, no, uh, um, actually, if you want to go at J Timberlake uh, okay. this week, so tweet at Justin Timberlake uh, oh, okay. and uh, say, "Hey, please, could you contact John Grant?" At no, not the mind probe uh, podcast about Doctor Who, uh, and then whatever message can fit in the remaining characters you have okay. after you've said yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Probably he will find me because I feel okay. like he's got resources, right? I mean, if he wants to find me, Justin Timberlake could track me down. 
So really craft that message because he's got to want it. <laughs> yeah, really he's want it. want it. But um, he's got people. Like, it, you know, right. that's the thing. Don't feel like you're imposing on him. Like, it's not like he's going to be like, oh, you know, I'm supposed to go on a stage. There's thousands of people out here. But I got to I got to hunt this guy down who doesn't even appear to be on Twitter. Right. And he's right. like, he seems to know Chris Pratt. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> a lot of buzz about him and Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess I'll try with Pratt first, and then Pratt will be like, "Oh man, now Justin Timberlake is contacting me. This is going to snowball, folks. This little this little experiment <laughs> is going to snowball. You just the, watch. It just requires thing, one of you to start tweeting. <laughs> the other thing you can do is just uh, contact me on Twitter, just at Porter Mason. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know what? Porter will contact Justin Timberlake. You know what? If you contact me on Twitter. Just say what say whatever you want. Take a breath. Just <laughs> just clear your mind and just let out the feels. Whatever you want, feels, whatever yeah. you want to say. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. We'd also love if you go to mindprobe.show. Uh. You can see a myriad ways you can subscribe to the podcast. Uh. Yeah. Which we would love if you would do. Great. Subscribe on iTunes. Um. Give us a review if that makes sense in the context of how you're subscribing. Uh, your boat. Would yeah. Appreciate all the stars you could you could offer us. Um, we would we would really love that. And, uh, sure. you know, we put this out every week. And it, if you subscribe, you'll make sure you get all the latest episodes. And it helps uh, when you subscribe and, and rate us. It helps get the show out to other people, which uh, we would we would love to. You know, our goal in 2021 is to break 15 listeners. That's what we want to try to. And, and we're and we're going to get there. Yeah. We're gonna get there, yeah. and that that might involve just going to people when when the pandemic lifts, and we could just go to people's houses and subscribe them on their phones. I'm planning on finding a lot of my friends who don't know that they have a podcast app installed, and then yeah. just like going in there and and you know, because that's still a listener to me. Can I think when whenever you walk into a house, just yeah. anybody, anyone's house, the I'm first always, thing you should, and do, I'm always just kind of walking <laughs> in the house. <laughs> just, the first thing you should always do. Is yeah. just yell, Alexa, subscribe to No Not the Mind Pro. Yes. And then go, yes. okay, Google, subscribe to No Not the and just run really quickly through <laughs> as far as you can. That's what yeah. I do. Yeah. And yeah. and it, it starts conversations, usually with Alexa. Uh John, for yeah. our lovely subscribers, what do we have in store? All right. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna continue on this little little train, this little journey of ours. Um, well, once again. We we are predictable. Uh, we move on to the next episode uh, in the Ooh. in the exciting tenth uh, Doctor Martha Jones uh, adventures, uh, the Shakespeare Code, um, which of course uh, involves the well known author William Faulkner. Uh, and <laughs> I thought it was John Code. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we have paired that with and and Porter. I'm mm-hmm. excited about this one because. Okay. It is with the infamous Six Doctor story, great. Time Lash, uh, which involves okay. uh, meeting another great author. And I won't, I won't spoil that author okay. for you, okay. um, but I will tell you that Time Lash is considered one of the worst <laughs> Doctor Who episodes ever made. Great. And I, I'm looking great. forward to, uh, uh, to, to this next episode because the last several have been a chore. But this next one, I think, is really turns around. Well, John, I have your interest at heart. I do not wish you to suffer unduly. Mm. I will plead with my colleagues for a swift, painless death for you. Mm. And I mean, if I can't get both, I'll go for one or the other, painless or swift. I'll probably do, I'd probably lean toward the extremely elongated but painless death for you because 
I mean, if I had the choice, I figured let's draw it out a bit. You know, gives everybody something to do, right? I mean, uh, well, we that's not about me. Something. I mean, I I think it'd be pretty boring. It's like, all right, well, you're gonna die. It's gonna take a while. It's not gonna be remotely uncomfortable. Yeah, you're fine. So you're just kind of like, mm, all right, this is taking forever, and then you're just like, uh, would you get this over with? No, and there's like, no, we can't. <laughs> no, yeah. we can't. But like, are you in any discomfort? Yeah. No, no, I'm, no, totally I'm fine. fine. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> okay, but can we speed it up? I cannot do that. No, no. <laughs> I warned you when this started. <laughs> we talk about death so much on eh, this podcast. So much on my podcast. Um, but that's us looking to the future, which is, yeah. uh, you know, we should probably comment on this. Uh, we switched our closing theme song mm. um, because here's to the future. Um, the copyright holders are less litigious. Uh, okay, here's what happened uh, this in Smith and Jones. Uh, we open on a hospital. Oh, no. Wait, wait, wait. What? Fool, we haven't listened to the clip. Oh. Also, you're not recording. <laughs> All right, oh, hold man. On. And then in I don't in laughing Good. about not recording, I also deleted the clip from the thing. So just lots of stuff going on here. <laughs> right. Well, these are punchy. <clears throat> that's fine. I can still get that from the Zoom recording. Because mm. um, there was gold. Gold in there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah.